It's preaching time. Songs have been sung, gifts have been given. And Lord, we need a word from on high. I ask you, God, that you let me decrease, that you would increase in me, hide me behind the throne. Let them see your image upon me, hear your voice through me. And Father, I pray that you would circumcise the unrighteous words, circumcise the unrighteousness, bring clarity to Scripture, and be concise in what you say. So, Lord, I ask that you let this word fall on fertile soil and disrupt stony ground. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, I praise you, give you all glory and adoration because you're my redeemer. And, Lord, I love you even the more because you're my redeemer. And the saints of God said, Amen. Come on, let's bless the Lord. We can do better than that. If he's been good to you, why don't you celebrate him the way someone would that has know that God has been good to you. Let's, 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 let's do a house check. Let me do a house check real quick. Some of y'all just standing like a bump on a bump post. If God's really blessed you this morning to be in the land of the living, if you know you've been blessed, better than blessed, touched with his grace and his loving finger, let's give him a celebratory praise like no other can. Certainly we thank God for who he is and what he is. With your manuals of life, if you would turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. If you're able to stand, if you would, please stand in reverence and respect to the word of God. 2 Kings chapter 4, if you're there, say amen. If you're still looking, shout out Bible study. We got room for you. I'll be reading from the NIV version. And it reads, a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out now it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. That concludes our word for today. You may be seated in the presence of God. If you would, please, ma'am, please, sir, help me for a few minutes to preach on the subject, the topic, faith 
in trying times. Faith in trying times. I solicit your amens, your praise reports, and your participation. There was a couple by the name of Mr. and Mrs. Mark who had a desire to bore children, but they were told by the physician that they could never have any biological children of their own. Mrs. Mark clung to what a friend told her some time ago, that somehow God is going to use your struggle in your infertility for his glory. Miss Mark began to pray for the glimpse of that glory. In fact, she asked everyone she knew to pray. Even the young people were praying. In fact, a five-year-old boy prayed and said, Dear God, please bless Miss Mark with a baby or let someone give her their child so that she could see the glory. Mrs. Mark's husband had hung up on prayer because he was a scientist and he had never experienced or seen uh, a woman receive a baby after all the doctors had told her. In fact, he did not go against data because he was a scientist. Six months later, this wife reached out to her doctor and asked to see her doctor again for another pregnancy test. The doctor had told her no because he expected her to wait at least seven months. But because she was so anxious to see the doctor, he said no because he said you are not willing to accept the fact of what data has said. Data has told us that you could not have or conceive your own biological child. This woman pressed and begged the doctor so much that the doctor had requested for her to have a sonogram to make sure all was well. And here it was just a few months later, Mrs. Mark continued to pray. And as she prayed, she was given through her prayer and her faith a baby girl. When she went to the doctor, the doctor asked her, he said, you stayed on the course. You ignored what I said. And you, you begged and you stayed on the course. I have never seen anything like this take place. What happened that I didn't see in the medical reports that you may have seen outside of what I couldn't have showed you? This woman, Ms. Marks, told the doctor, she said simply, I prayed and I had faith. And I discovered that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things I'm preaching and you ain't tracking with me, of things not seen. She said, I prayed and I prayed and the Lord blessed me with a baby girl and because of what he's done that you didn't see. I named this baby girl Miracle. And I wonder, is there anybody here that's ever been pressed against the wall saying some things that just didn't look like was going to come your way, but you continue to pray and keep the faith in God and found out that when you pray a sincere prayer and mean it from your heart and you keep the faith, won't God answer your prayer? Faith in in trying times, and in this text, I can see and right now, I can tell right now, Big Ken, this is a tough crowd. I can see that because you know what, what I struggle with, with church folk, is because if you're praying church folk and faithful church folk, nobody should have to testify or test the lie for you to begin to worship a God that's been faithful and just to reward those who. Okay, let me stay professional. Uh, in this text, we, 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 we see now what is a widowed woman with her children who seems to be preparing for more tragedy. 
The text says that she, she, she's not only a widow, but she is uh, uh, preparing for more tragedy. And when they look at what widows are considered in this time, they are considered those that have been separated from God. Those that have a separation amongst the Holy One despite of tragic. And here it is. She is at a moment of receiving or going through some more tragedy. Not only is she dealing with the death of her spouse, but now she may be losing her sons to the law. Not only losing her sons, but losing her sons because of the debt that her spouse owed. I, I saw something right there. How many times have mama prayed on behalf of your debt? Y'all ain't feeling me this morning. And somebody should testify to the fact that, listen, when I was young, I did some foolish things that traveled along with me. In fact, it almost made me look like somebody I shouldn't have been. But mama prayed. <clears throat> Mama decided to keep me in her bosom and keep, keep me. I wish I had somebody that can search your records and look at your resume and say, I didn't just make it on my own. I made it from the prayers of the righteous. Hey, she's dealing with this death that's going on. And, and one thing I found out about faith. It, it, it has a way of making you cry out when it's being tested in your life. Notice the text says she cried out to the prophet. And sometimes God has to let us sense a level of fear for us to cry out to him. Look at that. And listen, Paul says it best in Hebrews 5. He says it's a form of reverent submission. He says, Hebrews 5 and 7, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he suffered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. And some people don't understand that during your trying times, you must still give reverence unto God. David says in Psalm 46 and 1, he says, when I was afraid, I put my trust in you. Psalms 34 and 17, he says, when the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and deliver them out of their troubles. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Testimony Sunday. You know what Testimony Sunday is? First giving honor to God. Who's the head of my life despite of everything that I'm going through. You got to give reverence to God. And I wonder is there anybody here that can put down your stress, your problems, and your trauma and say, I'm going to give reverence to God today. Look at somebody say, you got to reverence him. Yeah, he, he has a way to make you cry out. Uh, the first thing I saw in the text, and I'm going to get out your way, because some of y'all got some other stuff on your mind. Uh, here, here it is. The first thing I saw in the text is that faith pushes you when nothing is left. Faith pushes you. Sometimes faith will push you to talk. He told her, tell me what's wrong. What would you have for me? Tell me. That's what the text says. When we, when we recognize that it's okay to talk when you're being tested because it's in our conversation is when we can become specific with our needs. Listen, I, I found this out. I found myself sometime wanting to remain silent. Uh, not wanting to talk to God because I don't know who's eavesdropping. Y'all ain't got saved on me today. And listen, I've discovered it's best when I learn to talk to God because when I talk to him, though you may be eavesdropping, he might use you to bless me. In fact, I found out that I don't have to say a whole lot. 
Because the saints used to say, just a little talk with Jesus. I wish I had some believers in the house. They can understand and say, just a little talk with Jesus and make everything. Is there anybody here that said, Reverend, sometime I just had to have a little talk with him in my car. I talked to him at the stoplight. I talked to him at my job on my lunch break. In fact, I'm talking to him right now, and I know that God will make everything. He'll make everything all right. I used to love to hear those mothers that walked around the church with their hands so oily. Y'all know we don't have them no more. Uh, now, now we got mothers. Let me leave that alone. I'm just going to say it. I feel now they walk around with hell, fire, and brimstone in their hands with, with darts and fiery darts ready to condemn you for who you are. But I remember the mothers of old used to walk with that oil just about all on their hands. And they used to say, boy, keep your head up. Just keep talking to Jesus. You may not understand it right now, but I wish I had some of the old saints in the house. You'll understand it better by and by. Them, 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 them was the good old days. Them was the days that you didn't worry about how long you were going to be in church. Now people have put a time limit on scripture and a time limit on God. Talk to me, somebody. And listen, when you think about how much time God stayed on the cross to save a rascal like you and me, you should never rush God in the presence of his people. In fact, you should be begging him, God, I need, I'm chasing after you. No matter what I have to do, I need you. Look at somebody and say, I need the Lord more and more. I need him more and more. Look at this. Notice, notice what he said in the text. He said, she told, she responded back. She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. L look at how she, she talks to him. She talks to him as if I don't have enough to do nothing. Are y'all tracking with me? And what we need to understand is that uh, when it comes to faith, you don't have to possess a whole lot. All you have to have is just a little bit because with a little bit, uh, how many know that God will pull you through the things that is trying to tear you down? In fact, Jesus declares in Matthew 17, he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he said, you can speak to the mountains and move it from here to there and then it will be moved and nothing is impossible for you and I discovered that when my faith is being tested and is pushing me all I got to do is stand bold on the word of God and tell cancer you got to move from here to there diabetes you got to move from here to there financial problems from here to there how many know when you do what the Lord says he will bless you according to his word Can somebody say, I'm glad faith pushes me. And listen, 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 listen. It pushes you when you don't have much. I struggle with the people that don't come to church because you have nothing to put in the church. Don't look at me like you ain't never said that in your mind. I ain't got no money. I ain't going to church. But listen, it's when you are broke and still decide to come. That's when the Lord will bless you the most. The Bible says he blesses those who are poor in spirit. I wish I had somebody say, Reverend, I was broke as a joke. Didn't have no money. Didn't have a nickel. Sure enough, didn't have a dime. But I came to Jesus just as I was. I was weary, wounded, and sad. But the Lord. <laughs> Sometime you got to come. When your body is racking in pain. Because it's when you come in pain is when God show you prosperity through your pain. I guess I'm just talking to myself. And some folk don't realize that the reason why you can't be blessed is because you're too busy complaining about your pain that God has blessed you with. 
But can I get somebody to just lift up their hand and say, Reverend, when arthritis bother me, I still praise them. When my blood pressure is up, I still praise them. When my, my mind is all over the place, I still praise them. Because I found out that serving the Lord, look at somebody and say, it will pay off after a while. Yeah, yeah. My faith, it pushes me when I'm, I'm on the emptiness. Listen, some folk walking around empty right now and you too holy to let the Lord know I need you to fill my cup. I need you to make it overflow because Lord, I didn't ran out. They didn't worry me on the job. They didn't worry me at the house. They worry me at the church, but yet and still, God, you've been faithful. In fact, you've rewarded me because I continually and diligently seek after you. pushes us it pushes us and the second thing i saw in the text is watch this faith is productive in its patience it's productive in its patience look at the text he told her go borrow but first he says go comma that means stop i need you to go and then he says borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. And look what he put in there. Some Bible's got a, a hyphen. He says, empty vessels. Don't, do not gather just a few. Look, look at the expectancy that he gives the woman that's seeking an answer. Look at the expected productivity he expects out of her. Listen, how often can we say that we are productive even when we are in our trying times and we're trying to remain patient? And that might have been too many words. Let me... How often are you productive when you're going through? Okay, let me let me let me lessen the words. How often are you productive but yet asked to be patient? Y'all ain't tracking with me. And some people don't realize, watch this. He, he's telling her, it, it, it still requires her to be in the fellowship amongst those while she's being tested. Look what he said in the text. Don't miss the text. He says, go borrow from everywhere, from all your neighbors. But look what he says. Here's the piece. Empty. Y'all just missed that. Okay. Though you're going through your struggles, it's still required of you to fellowship as you struggle. Okay, let me help you the way the scripture's saying it. The reason why you can't praise them is because you keep going to people that's full of themselves. And the reason why you can't be blessed because it's hard to deal with conceited, cantankerous, and contagious people that's all about themselves. But how many know when you go to somebody that's been broken, that's been destroyed, that's been hurt, that's been designed for a purpose, you can look at them and say, baby, I know what prayer can do. In fact, if he bless you, I know he's going to bless me. He says, go, go borrow. He says, empty vessels. Watch this. It's hard to remain patient when your cup is full. I believe the writer was saying, in order to get some of your greatest blessings, you have to be empty. I wish I had Bible readers. Because the Bible says the Lord will not dwell in unclean. Okay, you didn't got so saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But can I get somebody to say, Reverend, I had to let go of all my sin before the Lord came and took me in. In fact, it was my sin that drove me to him. And because I was full of sin and I emptied out, Father, I stretched my hand to thee. No other help do I know if thou withdraw thyself, whether will I go? And because I was willing to leave it at the altar and give it all to him, how many know he'll fill your cup until it overflows? 
Look at somebody say, you got to empty out. You got to empty out. And, and here it is. And, and, and when you are productive and patient, then he'll get the best praise. Was it not King Jehoshaphat? that had dealt with issues in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 after he got the news. He got the news, they prayed, and the Spirit of God came upon Jehazel, and he told him, he said, now, listen, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. He said, but I want you to go down, and I want you to just stand and, and watch the salvation. And here's the patience. Here it was. The Bible declares that when they went down, they began to sing and praise. It's hard to celebrate God when you want him to do something. Y'all just missed that. Some folk don't know when to celebrate. You got to shout now because when you're shouting now, you already know it will be done. And how many know when you trust in what God said, if I believe it before I receive it, when I get it, I'll appreciate it. I wish I had somebody that could say, Reverend, I got the house before I put my name on the loan. I got the job before I even fill out the application. In fact, my child was accepted in school before they knew his GPA. Uh, look, look at somebody and say, that's why I praise him so hard. That's why I praise him so hard. But watch this, watch this, watch this. In that same piece of the text, look what he says. He says, do not gather just a few. He, he's, he's given instructions saying, do not limit your desire because of what you can get. But remember what you will always need. Don't limit God because you want him right now. You got to think of God as always being uh, perpetual. You got to think of him always being a provider. Y'all just missed that. Uh, if somebody could just look back over their lives and say, Lord, time and time again, you have always been a provider. And listen, we have to stop limiting him because when we limit him, we focus on the energy that God has to use to solve our problems. Don't act like you ain't never wondered if God is going to answer your prayer. You, 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 you laid up and cried and drank tears for water, and yet you're still asking God why. Lord, I don't know if you can pull me out of this one. Don't limit God because of what you need right now. You got to have a perpetual futuristic mindset when it comes to praying and having faith in God. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but there's been some things that I asked God, I need you to help me out later on. Y'all just missed that. There's been some things that I don't know right now, but I need you to help me a little ways down the line because I know it's coming. Okay, I wish I had some people that can say, Reverend, I ain't always been good, but I thank God that Granny and them told me if I pray now, that's an investment, that when trouble comes, God then will pull me through my trouble. In fact, I've been praying now for my children so that when they grow up, they won't be down like I was or be messed up like I was. In fact, I'm praying now because there's something I'm waiting for in 2021 because I know I can't get it right now. It's not my season, but when God says it's time, I know he'll give it to me. So if I pray right now, if I shout right now, if I say hallelujah right now, something's bound to happen. Can I get somebody to say I'm shouting early? I'm shouting early. I'm not going to limit God because of what I want right now. Can, can I give you a fresh one? The reason why you can't celebrate for what's to come is because you question God right now. Simple. It's real simple. You, you want a stimulus check. I'll be on Facebook too. You want a stimulus check. 
But name a time that when you really needed to be stimulated and blessed. That God forgot about you. In fact, somebody should testify and say, Reverend, I might not have got my stimulus check, but yet God still provided. In fact, I know he may not give it to me because I owe the IRS, but yet he still will provide. How many know that God will provide? That's why David said in Psalm 78, 41, he says, they tested God. Again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Then David said, great is our Lord and abundant is his power. His, his understanding is beyond measure. Stop limiting God because of what you want right now. You have to praise him for what's to come. Because here it is, if you get it now, you're going to stop. Let me, let me rewind that. If I give it to you while you begging, you won't keep begging me. Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why am I saying so? Because Lord, I came on my knees. Every time I came, you kept receiving me. In fact, every time I came worthy and unworthy, Lord, you still Bless me when I shouldn't have been blessed. But in fact, you keep blessing me even though I don't even cry out to you like I know you. So, so then Job, Job even identifies in Job 5. He says, as for me, I would seek God. I would seek God and God would commit to my cause. Why does great things who, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number? I, I believe a songwriter said he keeps on doing great things for me. But then the songwriter said, please be patient with me. Because God is not... Through y'all, he done with y'all. That's why you can't lift your hands. He's not through with me yet because the songwriter validated that. Then he says, because when God gets through with me, <laughs> stop looking like silver and start acting like gold. I'll come forth like pure God. I wish I had some saints that know that you've been chosen by God of royal priesthood. And now you can walk around fine as wine, silver and clever. But let me tell you something, gold shines all the time. Get somebody say, I'm shining like gold. I'm, I'm shining. Y'all looking at me, look at your neighbor, say, you shine. I'm shining like gold. Yeah. Stop limiting God because God is, he's big. Anybody know we serve a big God? He's big. You got to stop limiting him. And here it is, the last piece of the text, and I'm out your way. Not only does faith pushes us when you when there's nothing left not only uh, does he push for us to give when we're empty faith is productive in our patience not only is, is he telling us to come with empty vessels but lastly he says faith is persistent in his providence understand when he when he said in the text when we are persistent, it's continually firm. And it's, it's, it's in a course of action in spite of difficult opposition. The text says, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and see it aside, set aside the full ones. Watch this. Sometime in faith, you have to do it without others being with you. Watch this. He told him to go in and he said, you and your sons Notice he didn't allow all those that would be spectating 
on what's going on to go in as she worked, as they worked according to what the prophet said. But watch this. The text says, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. The amount of jars symbolized uh, their faith in God's provision. Which, watch this, your faith is as large as your belief. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. The oil symbolizes the spiritual anointing by the Holy Spirit. Which in this context, it means you have been set apart or it means life. Watch this closely. The text says she started off with her sons. With both her boys. But if you look at the text, verse 6 says, Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, You just missed that. Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not another vessel. So the oil was sealed, ceased. What I saw is that is this. Either the boy was working by himself and his brothers decided to stop when they got what they wanted. Or the son and the mama decided to cut the other son off because he was too greedy. Y'all just missed that. Look at the text. It said she started off with both of them. But she ended up with one. It's in your Bible. I know what S means. That means plural. Son means singular. Uh, here it is. She started off with her sons, but ended up with just one. Watch this. Oh, man. Sometimes the very ones that's close to you don't want to see you make it before they do. You, you, you just missed that. And God has given you the instruction. You got to learn to cut some people off. That's always trying to stop your blessing. I wish I had a saint today that could say, Reverend, I found out family don't mean me good all the time. Sometimes I got to come to Jesus with just me and him alone. But if somebody decides to come, I know that God will make a way for not just me, but the one that's attached to me. Look, look, look at the text. Don't lose it. The provision of God is essential. And it's essential because here it is. When the all is gathered, the all is gathered with God's provision to happen for something to happen before you know it's going to happen. The text says she went with her sons. She was left with one and the oil ceased. In my spiritual imagination, can I do this? I was thinking that maybe the son stuck with her because he knew that after this he was going to keep sinning. Y'all missed that. Because watch this. <clears throat> if I keep working and I keep giving mama the oil, Knowing that God has a plan for me before I get to the plan. If I happen to mess up because I keep investing in the oil, I know when God sees fit to bless me, it's going to take place. You just missed that. Don't stop filling your oil when you know you're going to keep sinning. Let your all be your investment, knowing that every time I put the all on me, I'm asking God to set me apart from all the sin, the danger seen and unseen. And how many know that when you are anointed with the oil, y'all know what that is, don't you? I got some right here. Matter of fact, we ain't using it enough. When you are anointed with the oil, how many know the enemy can't mess with you? The enemy can't destroy you, nor can the enemy have your children. trying to help somebody today but watch this and I'm going to get out your way I'm going to leave y'all alone 
Here it is. This the shout. The text says, when he told her was no more oil, the oil ceased. But look what the prophet said in the last text. Last of the text, he says, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt. And your sons, you and your sons live on the rest. Listen, what people don't understand is she was married to a preacher. I wish I had at least one PK kid. And watch this. The preacher taught the wife how to continue in his absence. Y'all just missed the Sunday school should be shouting right now. In fact, has she not followed through? The prophet couldn't have told her what God had already performed before giving the prediction of what she was going to receive. It said that she was going to live her and her sons. But has she forgot what her husband taught her? The text says her husband said he served God. He feared God. Then look, as he died, she continued in his stead. You just missed that. What did Jesus tell Philip and Thomas? Father, how will we know the way? Jesus told Philip and Thomas, he said, just because I'm gone don't mean you alone. Y'all missed that. He said, I'm going to leave you a comforter. And he's going to be with you. In fact, he goes further in John 14. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. Here it is. The woman believed in what her husband taught her, but she never forgot what God said. He said, if you abide in me and I in you, he said, you can ask what you will and it shall be. I wish I had somebody to say, Reverend, I haven't forgot my ABCs and my one, two, threes, nor have I forgot Jonah in the belly of a fish, nor about Moses crossing the Red Sea. But I remember what Granny and them told me. That if you stand on God's word, he will make a way out of no way in fact the text says the prophet said you after you pay your debt you and your children you go live off the rest <clears throat> that lets me know that god y'all know his name we call him jesus had a plan that the woman couldn't see but the plan was in the remembrance of what a husband did he was still willing to serve the Lord he was still willing to be faithful to the man of God and this woman as she was speaking to the prophet she decided to be faithful to the not only the word of God but she was faithful to the man of God can I get a witness this morning and hmm, I don't know, is there anybody here? Not only are you faithful to the man of God, but you've decided to be faithful to the word of God. Can I get a witness this morning? Are you hearing me? Is there anybody here that can testify that Reverend, I've had many days that I had debts to pay, but because I stayed faithful in the Lord, how many know that when you're faithful in the Lord, your debt has already 
been paid. Can I get a witness here? It reminds me of a lady and her two sons. She was trying to make grocery. She didn't have no money, nor did she have no credit. She told her children, I want you to go with me to the grocery store. We got to get some groceries. One of her sons said, but mama, we don't have no money. Your credit card is in the negative. How I know because I seen the bill just the other day. Mama said, just go with me. Are you tracking with me real early? Well, they got down to the grocery store. She began to talk to Jesus as she went down the aisle grabbing some milk, some eggs, and some bread. Her son said, Mama, don't forget, we're going to need some meat. So she went down and got some chicken, and she threw it in the basket. As they got to the register, her other son said, Mama, what are we going to cook this chicken in? She said, Son, I forgot to get the oil. He went and got the oil, and he put it on the counter. After everything had went through, the man added up the amount. He said, ma'am, here is your total. She said, well, I was hoping that I could meet somebody that would help me to get the meal that I need to pay for my children. This man looked and saw the little boy pushing the oil up the conveyor belt. And he remembered what his manager said. Are you praying with me this morning? The manager said, the next six customers, if they come in together, they will receive a blessing from this store. This man remembered what his boss said, but he only saw the woman, her two boys, and the oil which only made three. But when he remembered what his mama taught him, that is one for the father, one for the son, two for the Holy Ghost, and they all make one that made six, all wrapped up in one. And the man looked at the woman. He said, ma'am, today is your lucky day. He said, now that you come to this end, he said, I want to let you know, because of the oil, your debt has been paid. And I wonder, is there anybody here can thank God for the oil and the debt that he paid? How did he pay it? He came down to 42 generations. And they tell me, one Friday, he went on the cross. They called Calvary. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. Y'all know what he did? He died. Ah, he died. Yes, he did from the sixth to the ninth hour. But that wasn't the end of the story. The Bible declares that he died before lunch. He was buried before dinner. But they laid him down in a barroom tomb. All day Friday, all night Friday, all day Saturday, all night Saturday. Shucks, I feel good. How many know when you got Jesus, you keep faith in God. You know what he did. He got up with power. Power in the palm of his hands. And I wonder, is there anybody here? that's got faith during your trying times if you keep trusting in him how many know God will won't he make a way look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor and tell them neighbor 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and tell him God will God will God will ah, he'll make a way won't he do it have you tried him and know he's alright do me one no favor and tell your neighbor tell a neighbor I know what faith looks like I know what pain looks like you're looking at pain painful faith and I wasn't supposed to look this good but the Lord the Lord Lord paid my debts I got one question and I'm gonna get to my seat ain't he all right faith during trying times come on let's celebrate them if you got faith Faith in trying times. You got to have faith. You can't limit God. You can't even test Him. Because if you try Him, you already know how good He is. Do I have a witness today? Anybody truly can testify that you tried the Lord and know that you know that you know that you know. That God has made a way for you to live again. 